The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Mitchell's Front Page is proudly brought to you by station sponsor Geelong Bank, where we grow. Until 11, local, national and international affairs, plus some goss and scandal. You're listening to Mitchell's Front Page on 94.7 The Pulse. Now on Mitchell's Front Page, Talking Finance, with station sponsor Geelong Bank. This segment contains general information only and does not take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acquiring any products, please consider whether they're appropriate for you by reviewing any terms and conditions, fees and charges and the Financial Services Guide. Vivian Allen, the CEO of Geelong Bank, good morning. Good morning, Mitchell. Well, today we're talking about a very interesting policy, and I uh, saw this during the week. The state government has announced a new fund for first home buyers. It's interesting from what I can understand, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you put up a small amount of the deposit and then they go in with you, the state government, but they own a share of the house. Is that right? That's right. It's um, there. There have been some of these schemes around uh, in other states, and uh, and also some banks have um, this sort of arrangement, but it was typically sharing with um, either family or friends. So um, it it and it's it sort of snuck in. Um, I have to confess, I hadn't heard too much about it before it was announced at the beginning of October. So explain what the ramifications are for the first home buyer market because it would seem that suddenly people that have their mindset on one property, they've got a lot more resources behind them and it's probably going to change the way the housing market operates for a while. Well, I think, you know, there's there's obviously so much pent-up demand from first home buyers and, and last year we saw them coming back into the market um, if they if they you know still had jobs and or, or sufficient hours, but then of course the property market has just gone completely gangbusters, and again first home buyers are seeing that what they thought they might be able to purchase is getting out of their reach. So it's no surprise that um, there has been some government intervention to assist um, them come back into the market. And what happens in the situation where you own the house and also the government owns the house if the home for some reason has to be foreclosed upon or the house is sold for some reason? How does that work? Well, there's, there's, as you can imagine, there's a lot of rule, rules and regulations around this. Um, and I will say right up front, the best place to go for anybody who's interested is the State Revenue Office of Victoria's website. Um, there's a great deal of information there. But it is limited to um, 3,000 potential home buyers um, and it does have to be your first home. It can't be for um, buying a second one. But basically there's rules with regard to the amount of money that you can earn. Um, so that's up to 125000 uh, per annum for individuals or up to 200000 for joint applicants. Um, need to be an Australian citizen, need to be at least 18 years of age. And there are criteria with regard to the amount of deposit that people have saved. 
But um, there there are definitely uh, rules if you want to either renovate the house, sell the house, refinance the house, or in the unfortunate um, situation you just mentioned, um, there are there are substantial rules, and uh, and the government, if the house is um, increased in value, will they take a slice of that increase? I see. So it's actually not a bad investment for the government in a way on the premise that the property market will go up, which I know it doesn't always do it, but a lot of yes. people think it's a good investment. Correct. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, that creates a few problems. Actually, if the government owns a share, as you say, if you want to do renovations, you've got to run everything through the government. It's sort of like living in a, a rental property in a way. Well, it's, it, it, it is an interesting one. So the, there's really three parties. There's the, the, the borrower or borrowers, there's the government, and then there's the, um, the lender. And, and in a nutshell, um, there's, uh, there are obligations such as um, annual reviews, um, and obviously the property has to be kept insured, which would be the case with any um, mortgage property, and it has to be properly maintained. Um, and if your income was to go over that threshold, there are requirements whereby you need to purchase more of your share um, or, or reduce the amount that the government is is. Um, their stake. So um, it is, it is, um, it's innovative, but as I say, it's got quite a few rules and regulations around it. And if you were to sign up to, for example, a 30 year mortgage, at what point would the government be bought out and you get to own 100% of the house? Would it be sort of in the early stages once you start to build up some equity in the home, or would it be right at the very end of those 30 years once you've paid it off? Well, it would, dep- it would depend, and, and there's there's actually a number of different case studies on the state revenue office uh, website, but it, it and they they can be for a variety of reasons. It might be that you um, you earn a little bit more money, although still under that threshold, and you make additional payments. It may be that you inherit money or you, you know, you win tax lotto or something mm-hmm. like that and you want to make a bulk repayment um, or the value of your property does increase over time. Um, so there, there it, it doesn't probably contemplate that anybody going into this scheme would still have the government involved um, right towards the end of the loan. Um, And it it basically almost indicates that they're expecting that within two years, that stake that the government has would start to diminish. I see. Well, that's probably Mm. a good thing in a way because, again, you do Mm. want the flexibility around uh, the home and maybe after two years you've built up a bit more equity in the home at that Mm. point. That's right. That's right. And and again, if you were to purchase a home um, and do some renovations, which, as as you mentioned before, would need to be approved, approved, you would um, anticipate that those renovations would increase the value at the time as well. Um, I should also mention that there are limits in terms of the purchase price. Um, so if it was Melbourne Metropolitan or Geelong. The limit is $950,000, but there's a whole list of um, 
regional areas, regional towns um, across Victoria, and that's for 600,000 or less. Mm. Um, what percentage share of the house is the government talking about owning here? Uh, well, the, the person purchasing, they need to have a minimum deposit of 5%, or if um, they're a um, Aboriginal Torres Strait Island background, it can be only three point five percent, and so their stake is five percent. Twenty five percent is the state of Victoria, and the balance of seventy percent would be the lender. Mm, so just running the numbers there, so five percent of nine hundred and fifty thousand, which is at the top end, you would think, but uh, that's forty seven thousand. So that's still out of reach of a lot of average people, but there would be some people that have been saving up for a long time and this could be the thing that finally puts them over the line in order to be able to actually buy the home that they want. That's right. And I think, you know, we, one thing that we've seen and we've mentioned a number of times on the program is that last year the amount of savings increased incredibly across the board. Uh, mainly, you know, it, it, it's human nature that if you, if there's uncertainty, if you're not sure, if you're still going to have a job, if you're, you know, still going to have the hours, that you tend to reduce your expenses. Um, you, you obviously being in lockdown, there wasn't a lot of, um, leisure activities we yeah, could you couldn't participate actually spend in. your money even if you wanted yeah, to exactly exactly so people have saved an incredible amount of money and and if they've had credit cards and so on they've tended to pay those down um, but it you know it is it is another option it wouldn't be for everybody but it is another option that it is worthwhile looking at and uh, you know there are other other parts of uh, for first home buyers there can be some concessions with regard to stamp duty and it's made clear that on on the uh, state revenue office website that that such buyers may be eligible for those concessions as well. Can you explain what the actual buying process would look like? My understanding of it is that people would seek pre-approval from their bank and have an amount approved, then they can go into an auction or go and do a private sale with some confidence. So how would it look once you bring in the government as that third party there? Well, certainly they would need to to get a pre-approval. That that would make sense for any purchaser. They would need to check that the property they're interested in or properties they're interested in are um, eligible. Um, it's worthwhile pointing out, particularly in this part of the world, that they it can't be for vacant land and it can't be for for building on vacant land. It does have to be a completed property, can't be off off the plan for apartments, for example. Uh, They would, in the pre-approval process, they would have um, obviously provided income details and proof of ID and so on to their their lender. Um, And then the lender itself is the one that... um, sort of liaises with the government with regard to um, whether the the government's going to approve it and then that would then uh, proceed to settlement um, as as it normally does with, um, a, you know, a solicitor or conveyancer um, assisting. So quite a process. I just wonder how people are going to react to this. Have you heard any early feedback? I mean, I'm just sort of thinking in my mind, what's better to have a private landlord or a landlord that is essentially the government? I wonder who would be better. I mean, I know they're not a real landlord because they don't own 100% of the property, but it does feel a little bit like that. 
Yes, well, it, it, it's funny. I, look, I would say that uh, we have not had any inquiries about this to date and um, I think that's because it, re- it really was released without any fanfare whatsoever. And uh, so I think it's one of those schemes that that uh, not many people know about, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but it is out there and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to, to bring people's attention to it today. So any final thoughts or advice to people out there that might be just considering whether or not this might be the thing for them? Well, look, I think, you know, always, um, as I just mentioned, it's worthwhile speaking to your bank um, with regard to your, what your situation is. I think if the, if you didn't have to have extra people involved, that's probably a good thing, whether that be family, friends or, or the government. But if that's not your situation, it would be worthwhile exploring. But uh, making sure you get as much information as you possibly can before you, uh, you know, just jump in. Yeah, no, good advice. Thank you very much for being on the program. As always, really appreciate it. And maybe next month we might be able to have you in the studio. I think the density limits are starting to ease, so fingers crossed. Yeah. Yes, well, it's it's getting exciting, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> There's hope. <laughs> yes. Thank Thanks you very much. Sure. Vivian Allen there, the CEO of Geelong Bank. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.